and the Edmonton Eskimos. Eskimos. Yeah. Eskies win. Now, John, I do want to ask I just, you. I think I just passed out because I didn't breathe there. They once drove to Vancouver from Edmonton to go to the Grey Cup in a Toyota Matrix with summer tires. While listening to the entire Tragically Hip discography, they love their Canadian football. John Fraser, a Winnipeg Blue Bombers fan and sports reporter from Saskatoon. Does this mean I have to start researching? And Travis Cura, a Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan and radio announcer from Red Deer. Does anybody want to do fantasy Dancing with the Stars next uh, season? Bring you the Two and Out CFL podcast. Every week, Fraser and Cura will deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Can't forget the nonsense. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out Podcast. Ready, set, hunt! Welcome to episode 27 of the Two and Out CFL Podcast. It is Fraser and Curra and record day, uh, full disclosure, Wednesday, November 25th. So the mm-hmm. following day, I guess less than 24 hours from now, maybe when you hear this, Brazilian tie will be bald (laughs) (laughs) this just makes me so happy i just i I, like i wish i could be there i had some plans to to go there but life got in the way but needless to say i'm gonna make sure to follow along when we periscope this and you have it on periscope so i'm gonna download the periscope app onto my phone right now so i can periscope um ty getting waxed i'm also gonna make sure to download snapchat i don't have snapchat i'm gonna have one contact it's gonna be you and brazilian ty this whole weekend because i have to take in as much of his pain and suffering as i possibly can i I think this one's gonna be more mentally scarring than anything (laughs) (laughs) well i'm i'll give him full credit for not you know he hasn't uh once faltered he's kept saying i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it so uh, then again nobody ever really thought that realistically ottawa would win 12 games and be the East Division champion. Yes, of course. The match is set. The 103rd Grey Cup in Winnipeg will be the Edmonton Eskimos taking on the Ottawa Red Blacks. And, John, uh, on last week's episode, there was a lot of chatter on social media about the negativity of the ratings, the negativity of the attendance, the negativity of the officiating. But I don't know about you. Sometime last week... I got the feeling that everything changed and that, hey, this is November. This is our month. Let's be awesome. And the game's delivered on Sunday. For sure. I think what changed that is the hype around the division finals. You're right. It seemed to be either the Wednesday or the Thursday of record week. You started seeing a lot of good tweets coming out of both centers about how excited they are for the game. Started seeing lots of fans. I mean, Edmonton had a great turnout. Again, you're never going to sell out Commonwealth unless, you know, it's a real spectacular game. Or, or, I mean, let's face it. Commonwealth is very hard to sell out. They had a real good, passionate fan base there. Of course, Ottawa was completely sold out, as they have been the whole year at TD Place. And you're right. It just seemed everything everything swung and it was interesting I saw a tweet from Riders play-by-play man Rod Peterson talking about the two division final games and that the CFL just went out and totally redeemed itself all within a weekend because you're right we were down on the league a little bit in our last podcast and just talk about attendance numbers and everything going being down but I can tell you the excitement that these two uh, the two division finals really brought to the table was second to none those were two just excellent football games I know Edmonton pulled away from Calgary a little bit you know that one wasn't quite as do or die but wow that Ottawa Hamilton game that's going to go down as an all-timer yeah I was in Edmonton they have that little tailgate party before every game on the east side of the stadium and they had the game on the big screen and uh, tell you what everyone was glued to the screen uh, to watch that. When Hamilton tied it up, the place went nuts. When uh, Burris made that throw to Greg Ellingson, the the place went insane. And the, the West was really getting behind the East as well. It was really cool to see, and everything changed. I, I, 
I don't really have anything negative to say right now. The the ratings came out for the division finals. 1.3 mm-hmm. million people watched the West final. Just under 1.1 million watched the East final. The only thing that uh, beat CFL was Hockey Night in Canada, and that's what happens, you know, let's face it, every week. The CFL is the number two sports property in Canada, and it really showed it this past weekend. And I think this is what we wanted from the new rules ever since the uh, season started and it, it took a while, but man, it was worth it. Yeah. And it was just, it almost seems like we found a happy medium in the playoffs as far as the pass interference calls and things were concerned. I didn't think that this is probably the first two games that I've seen in a while that nobody really complained about the officiating. I know there was that one stretch in the Edmonton Calgary game where they were trying to get something sorted out that people were kind of, ah, why is it taking so long? Blah, blah, blah. But I didn't see a lot of the same, like the refs blew it. They blew this and they blew that and they blow and blah, 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 blah that we saw. You're right. It was very, it was almost like Thursday. Everybody just decided like, Hey, let's be positive. Let's be happy. And let's get some great football games. And all we can hope is that this coming Sunday, when you and Brazilian tie and your wife to be, and we just found out that twine time, twine time, try saying that 10 times fast <laughs> from our two and out CFL league is also going to be there. Uh, I think we've made him the unofficial producer for the week, right? Yes, that's what he is. So uh, I guess we'll send him his T4. Uh, we'll buy him <laughs> one beer at the spirit of Edmonton. And that's your salary. <laughs> I, I know, uh, I know, Twine time uh, off air a little bit. I'm sure he'll be uh, thrilled with that. But you're right; it, it's just a real positive way to to finish the season. And the real underdog story in the Grey Cup, I think, is really going to help bring in some casual viewers. And realistically, Edmonton they haven't won one for for a while too. So you got a hungry fan base in Edmonton that's that's passionate. The Ottawa fans, since the teams come back, has been very passionate. And if you're an Ottawa football fan, you've been waiting a long time for this. And I do want to say this about the. Fans fans that went to Commonwealth. Now, I know a lot of people saw that there were uh, just a shade under 35,000 people uh, that went to Commonwealth Stadium, but I think a pretty good uh, point was brought up that in the playoffs, it's not, you know, the the casual fans going to the stadium. It's not uh, me taking the girl out on the first date to go to a football game on a nice summer night. It is the fans that are going to be loud. It is the passionate fans, and they brought it. I don't know how it sounded on TV, but that was the best Commonwealth Stadium has sounded since uh, the 2010 Grey Cup when the Riders played the Owls in my book. It sounded great on TV, I'll tell you what. And, and you're right, you know, you've even got guys like me that are diehard CFL fans, but there's no way you're finding me in, in at a game that my horse isn't involved in. I'm going to be on the couch watching, you know, from the comfort of my own home, I guess, you know, your wife-to-be is a Eskimos fan, always has been. You're a season ticket holder. I know you met up with the guys from the Eskimo Empire podcast there. And those are the kind of people that are going to come out and watch a football game outdoors in November. But just where does that, like, thinking, like, in recent memory, where does that Greg Ellingson catch rank? Especially if you look at look at the drop, the, the drop the play oh. before, a D lineman proving why he has D lineman hands, like... Where does that where does that rank in terms of memorable moments? And I'm the only one I can really that really jumps out to me right now. And you're going to cringe when I say it is the too many men retry of the field goal. That's the other like single play that just stands out at least in my recent memory. Maybe maybe the pick to end the 2007 Grey Cup off of uh, Ryan Dinwiddie, but. I, I can't think of too many other individual plays that you went, yeah, I'm going to remember that. That was a game-changing moment. I, I feel like we got to play the call from A.J. Uh, Jakubek because it was one of the greatest calls, I think. It probably is the greatest call of the year. Uh, oh, absolutely. In, in all of sports, especially in Canada. So uh, I, I think we should play that for you and then really enjoy how he called it. Second and 25, high snap. Burris has it. Burris looks downfield. Throws and it is caught inside Hamilton territory and there he goes. It's Ellingson down the sidelines inside the ten touchdown. Ottawa. Greg Ellingson, a miracle on second and twenty-five, ninety-three yards. Burris to Ellingson. 34-28 Ottawa! 1-11 to go!
you, you feel it. You, you can't see it, but I, I feel the moment when AJ yeah. makes that call. It was amazing. And AJ, uh, I, I know we have a couple mutual friends. All I've heard, he's a great guy. You know what? That's a great call. He does a great job with the Red Blacks games. You know, Ottawa fans, you're in for a treat with that guy calling your football games. we got to have him on the program uh, at some point next season for sure. Yeah, because that, that was amazing. And I do want to talk about one more. Of course, you know, Ottawa wins. And what a turn of events. And you did mention it. The interception was in his hands. Yep. He's... <laughs> Just like just sitting there like we're talking the game was in his hands because let's face it, you know, you're second and 25 deep in your own territory in to the wind. Yeah. And you are facing a Hamilton team that has Justin Medlock. And let's face it, Chris Milo is still your punter. And Chris Milo is a great kicker. He's not so great of a punter, although on the day he was pretty exceptional, averaging nearly 40 yards a boot. But regardless, you're giving the ball back to Hamilton with good field position, with the league's best kicker well within range. you got to think that game's over if that pick is done. But instead, it's dropped, and then Greg Ellingson has the play of, I would argue, that might be the play of the season. Oh, a- absolutely. It's it's up there with the uh, Chad Owens uh, catch. But th- the gravity of the moment just makes it play of the year. It's I feel bad for Tiger Cat fans because uh, – the the 13th man is definitely a memorable but last last year's gray cup is memorable too and banks takes it to the house and then it gets called back uh, on the penalty. So. Yeah, it's been a rough little go here for Tabby's fans. You're right. You know, Banks has the flag that takes off the game-winning points. Ellingson comes up with one of the greatest plays that you're going to see all the time. A I former Tigers <laughs> Burris just wasn't good in the 2013 great, but we all knew if if Saskatchewan played at home in that great cup game, you knew there was no way in hell anybody was coming in. The 72 Miami Dolphins wouldn't have beaten them that day. They yeah. were just, that place was all in their favor, but you're right. Ticats fans are starting to like really feel like some real good stomach punch losses here. Yeah, I, I, I actually told a friend this morning, Joe Montana could have been, could have been the uh, Tiger Cats quarterback in 2013. <laughs> and they would have lost. They wouldn't have had a chance uh, t- to win in that game. <laughs> no, you're right. Joe Montana could have been there, you know, or Doug Flutie to Warren go Canadian <laughs> with Darren Flutie there at the same time. You know, Alan Pitts could have been there. You could add all the greats from CFL history and Louis Pasaglia booting field goals, and you still wouldn't have had a chance against that Ryder team that year. So, like, I honestly want to know, is this why, like, certain Tiger Cats fans are always constantly so angry on social media? Well, like, like I know I'm angry because my team constantly sucks. <laughs> but, like, to see certain Tabbies fans that always just seem to have, like, the, the, the just seem to wake up and drink the haterade every morning. Like, I've seen some of them on Twitter. Like, now I kind of I'm kind of starting to get it. I, I, I really am. You know, you lose because a guy drops a pick. You lose because of a flag on a questionable illegal block. And you lose, let's face it, the biggest reason they lost was because of the predetermined site of the Grey Cup in 2013. Yeah, and it's been <laughs> since 1999 since they've won a championship. So they have uh, – they had – Bad years, and then now they're facing the the heartbreakers. So uh, they are. Some of them are pretty angry on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I, I did hear some stories that they were starting fights in uh, Ottawa as well. And you know what? I give them a pass because <laughs> that's, I, I'd, it's probably, been rough. I'd probably try to start a fight if I did the same thing. I mean, that's why in 2011 when you and I went together, I think that's why I was quickly escorted out of the building. <laughs> Um, by you, so good job there. It, it's funny, it, that reminds me, you mentioned the 99 Grey Cup. I remember for whatever reason, we were visiting my great-grandma and grandpa, and we had the game on the on TV, and I remember watching Hamilton win the 99 Grey Cup, and I don't know why, but I specifically remember us eating buckets of KFC chicken. Now, I have to oh. ask you, Travis, you've, you've been to a few Grey Cups. You and I have been to two together in 2011 yep. and 2013. You know, are there any... You know, we have a lot. We have a few inside jokes on this pod. Is there any stories you you wanted to share from maybe some of those moments together, or maybe some of your Grey Cup memories? Because let's, if anybody's listening to this podcast, and you might be sitting in the city of Winnipeg, or you're someplace where you can get to Winnipeg, 
don't even bother buying tickets. You know, buy tickets if you want to go to the game, because I imagine by this point it's got to be sold out, if not damn near. But just go and take it in. Go to the team parties. Just because you're a Riders fan, you're not going to be mocked anywhere you go. Wear your Rider colors and walk in, you know, to Touchdown Manitoba. And walk in there, wear your colors. Guess what? You're going to find two or three friends. Somebody's going to buy you a drink, and it's all going to be good. It's like It's almost like you put on your jersey... And you wear those colors, and it's like, okay, now I'm best friends with everybody that's wearing the same jersey, and I'm just good friends with everybody else who's wearing a different one. I remember you and I were walking in 2011. We got off the, the subway, or the, the <laughs> rail station. Uh, at uh, We were going to the Vanier Cup. Again, the best Vanier Cup I've ever seen, been a part of anything. We stopped for a quick beer at a bar, and we walk out, and we walk right into the Box J Boys. And the next thing you know, I'm surrounded by the Box J Boys. <laughs> and next, they, they leave you alone in your rider gear, but me and my bomber stuff, I get a, a skewee-wee, tire cats, gotta eat them raw. And they surrounded me. I was actually kind of scared. <laughs> that, that's I peed a little. One I of peed my a little. Favorite memories from that great cup. Now, before we really get to the stories, I, I, I do have one more note on the West Final, and okay. it is when there was that moment in the game when the fans—I mean, the the refs had no idea what was going on—and <laughs> the fans, instead of booing, instead of instead of just chanting "boring" or you know, getting really mad. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Everyone got on their feet, started chanting for the defense, started yelling. It was one of the craziest wow. scenes I had ever seen. The, the the place just went insane. And any other stadium, I, I think a lot of fans would have been mad. Like, what the hell's going on here? And it, it would have happened if it was in the regular season. I'll tell oh, you that for much. Sure. But, I mean, but a playoff game, you get the unprompted standing ovation for what really has been the league's best defense the entire year. That is just I, – I wasn't able to watch the West Final. I was a little busy there. But uh, I can tell you, man, that, that was a cool moment. I saw that in the highlight reels. Yeah, the Eskimos, they're like, what the hell are the fans doing? And then they started getting the fans into it. Everyone's on their feet just going absolutely insane. So next season, I would like to see the Eskimos put butts in the seats in the end zone. It, it almost made the – stadium feel a little bit more intimate and a little bit more you know full and it was just so good calgary almost came back and then when they had that penalty at the end when calgary scored the touchdown if that penalty didn't stick <laughs> that yeah, would have been incredible been, that would have been really interesting i i gotta say even though the the score was a little more lopsided yeah. you're right like calgary had their chances to absolutely stay in that football game so shout out to them because most other teams would have just folded up you know, uh, went into the fetal position and said, uh, let's get out of here and let's go to next season. But uh, they fought back and they, they made it as close as they could. Still lost by 10 points. But the Grey Cup, you know, uh, we can't say what ifs. It's happening. Ottawa versus Edmonton. Now, I've never been to a Grey Cup in Winnipeg. Uh, and when we originally heard that it was coming to Winnipeg, uh, this was before, you know, Little John came around. Uh, yes, you were like, hey, Max, yep. I, I got people uh, that we can stay with. I was like, man, uh, we can we can save some cash. Uh, John's got accommodations for me. Uh, yep. <laughs> we will go yeah. there. And then yep. you had a baby. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, like, like I said, uh, life happens. Because if not, yeah, I had every intention of driving down there and spending a couple days at Grey Cup and I've got lots of friends and family in Winnipeg you know half my family's from there hence you know the the bombers and jets love yeah. but uh, I, it's just you know and you're really going to enjoy it I mean it it's uh, it's really a great city and uh, from from the layouts of all the parties looks like they're all close together and looks like it should be a great time and you are very right where you don't have to go to Winnipeg or and you don't have to have a ticket uh, no, <laughs> and I, I think I think every Grey Cup festival I've been to, I've only been to uh, three, but every one I've been to by the Sunday, it's like I don't, I don't, I didn't need a ticket to enjoy all of this. I could just, you know, the ticket is like the cherry on top of the Sunday. You could go and have a Sunday and enjoy yourself without the game ticket. Again, it, honestly, twenty thirteen, I didn't have a ticket to the game. 
Yeah. I, I didn't. I, I made the conscious decision. I'm like, you know what? It's Regina in November. All I'm going to do is hunker down a bar and with, with, with a bunch of Ryder fans and go ahead and watch the game. And that's exactly what I did. With some, we met up with some friends uh, at a bar and watched the whole game there. I mean, we were there early enough to make sure we had a table that we, uh, we, we watched <laughs> all the pregame show, like all six hours of pregame. We sat there and we cleared our tab three different times, and it was just uh, – it was a lot of fun, but uh, and and I took in all the Grey Cup Festival and all the days leading up to the, uh, up to the game. So if you're listening in Winnipeg and you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't know, you know what? If you're a football fan at all, if you're a fan of good times, make it out to a few of those uh, those parties. Spirit of Edmonton, you know what? That's always been number one. I mean, when we were in Vancouver and we were two hotels <laughs> down from Spirit of Edmonton, that oh man, that was a great time. Uh, the, that one is always amazing, and uh, I'll be honest, it's it's easy to just go to the Grey Cup and not really know what to expect and, and, and just go to the game, and that's what I basically did in 2009. Uh, the Riders were in it uh, against the Alouettes. Uh, I, I was a Grey Cup rookie. So I just well, I remember, went... I remember talking to you about, to, uh, like you and I, in 2011, let's face it, we went on, it was almost spontaneous, yeah, so that was really cool, the the way that it happened. So oh nine, I did the game. Oh ten, I did a little bit. They, they had a great, in Edmonton, they had a great setup uh, on, on Churchill Square. So I didn't really get to do much of the team parties, but they had Trooper, Big Sugar, playing for free outside yep. uh, Churchill Square. They had a trivia tent where if you win the trivia battle, you, you know, you win a replica football. They had so much stuff going on. And then in 2011... Took advantage of every single thing, and I had the absolute time of my life. So to go back on how that all started, and I think we've told the story before, I had hotel booked, and I had tickets. Yep. And basically, Grey Cup, the, the Sunday before, uh, the person I was going with said, no, nah, can't do it, can't line up a sitter, can't line up the cash. I can't do it, and the Bombers have obviously won the East Final. And, and that person, we should also mention, that you had no intentions of flying because the person you were going with said, I'll drive. Yeah. Yeah. So on, on top of that, this person doesn't just bail on you. Your ride bails on you the Sunday of the Division Finals. <laughs> So what do I randomly out of the blue? I'm at work Monday, not in radio, working a miserable job that I hated. And I sent you a quick text saying, hey, what are the odds that, uh, you know, buddy bailed? And you reply with, I've already paid for the hotels. I've already got the tickets. I got Vanier Cup tickets. I'll buy a a couple cases of beer. I'll stock us full of all Dressler chips. You get us there. (laughs) And that was the deal. And that, well, that was it. Was a quick. Go, I, I didn't even have holidays built up yet. I go to my bosses. I'm like, "Hey, I got a chance to do this. I'm going." And I, I cleared it with the misses, and away we went. We left. What was that? We left on a. I, I left after work on a Wednesday. Then we drove all the way to Edmonton, and then we left five thirty in the morning from Edmonton. Yeah, both of us with a nasty little hangover from Edmonton because we, <laughs> <laughs> because we ran it. We stayed with my old roommate. So then we get to we get to Vancouver, and we made such great time all the way across Western Canada. Nearly died twice in the Coquihalla. You know, <laughs> uh, as we, as it says in the show intro, we were in a Toyota Matrix <laughs> with summer tires. I lost control at least twice. At one point, at the end of the Coca-Cola. I actually had to like get out and just kind of catch my breath for a couple minutes. So we go through all that fun. Let's tell that full story because you got out to relieve yourself. <laughs> and then like right. a park ranger pulls up. <laughs> no, no, no. That was the RCMP that pulled up. It was oh. no park ranger. <laughs> So that was – it's funny. I'd actually forgotten that. So so he comes over to the two of us. I see him coming. So I quickly zip my pants up, and I cut it off midstream. And, and he goes, oh, uh, hey, what are you guys doing here? And we're like, we're just on our way to Vancouver. The Co- And I'm like, uh, the Coca-Cola was a mess. I just need to calm my nerves. And he's like, oh, okay, well, have a great day. See you later. And as soon as he leaves sight, boom, right back to it. So then we get, was- to Van- we get to Vancouver, and I don't know if it was the trip or it was the hangover or what it was, but we hit every red light from the time we hit Vancouver to our hotel room, and I had a mini nervous breakdown, so we finally got in the hotel. I chugged about three warm pilsners, and away we went for the rest of the night. Well, that was funny, because the original plan when we got to Vancouver was to take it easy and just hit it hard Friday, 
And boy, did we hit it hard Thursday. But there was a life-size Jenga set up in the... Uh... <laughs> In the hotel. hotel. Yeah, so we we made it into a drinking game. Obviously, we drove from Edmonton to Vancouver, so all the beer was warm. Don't (laughs) drink warm Pilsner. No, it wasn't. It wasn't good. But either way, we ended up at Spirit of Edmonton, and and like you say, I remember that night because we. And it goes back to the if you're wearing the jersey, you instantly become friends with guys. And uh, two guys that we really met. I remember Neely, both guys from Winnipeg, Neely and Krusty, and. Krusty passed a couple years ago, and he was just I, – I only had the one chance to meet him. I know – I think you ran into him again. Yeah. But it was just it – was it was a great time. They are both great guys, and we're still both in touch with Neely. And, and, and you know, weirdly enough, I, I, we were at – I think it was Spirit of Edmonton. I saw another Bomber fan in a Bomber jersey. We exchanged numbers. We both lost our phone numbers. And then in 2013, <laughs> I'm sitting around – my wife and I were at the touchdown – or at the Atlantic Schooner Party. I'm eating a lobster roll. And her co- we ran into some of her coworkers that are like, "Oh, hey, you, you know, your husband needs to needs to meet uh, needs to meet Walt because he's also a bomber fan." At this point, I'd gone to get two more beer, and I come back, and everybody's like, "We're both in bomber gear." I'm like, "Hey, Walt." I'm like, "Hey, long time no see." They're like, "What the hell? Do all you guys know each other?" <laughs> so like they just thought that, that just two bomber fans knew each other. Turned out it was the same guy I ran into in 2011. Wow. Lost contact with met him in 2013, and re got the phone numbers, and we're in touch often. Yeah, and I do want to talk about that. When when you go to a regular season game and you wear your opposing jersey, uh, and as much as we would like to say that the CFL is a community, there's a little bit of animosity there all the time. Oh, yeah. And But when you go to the Grey Cup, it's, it's different. If somebody else has a different jersey on, it doesn't matter because that little patch on your neck says CFL. And uh, yeah. when when you go to the Grey Cup, you are celebrating uh, the Canadian Football Leagues. It doesn't matter what team you cheer for. It, it really doesn't. It doesn't even matter if your team is in the game. Mine isn't. <laughs> Mine wasn't know. last year. <laughs> Just going there to have a, a blast and celebrate our league. And, yeah, we, we met a couple friends, and I've made some great friends just by going to the Grey Cup. And I'll never forget the whole drive. To Vancouver, I was like, I'm going here. I'm cheering for the Lions. I'm cheering for the home team. No way I'm cheering for the Bombers. Uh, I get to Winnipeg, or I get to Vancouver, and the Winnipeg fans blew my mind. These are the best guys ever. They're buying me beers left and right. (laughs) We were all trying to bribe you, and I think we managed pulling it off, which is also why you were the first one to hug me as we walked at a BC place uh, quite sad. (laughs) So I I became a a Bomber supporter uh, that weekend, and that's almost taboo uh, as a Rough Rider fan, and Milt (laughs) Stiegel told us that to our face, uh, Grey Cup Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that, yeah. But uh, in the Grey Cup Friday, you know, we went to the Vanier Cup, and you wanted to leave uh, in 2011. And I'm like, hey, it's three scores. Let's stay till after the third quarter, see what happens. And about five minutes into the third quarter, we had a game. Exactly. We had we had the magic of what was the greatest Vanier Cup ever. So <laughs> needless, needless to say, we could go on all night yep. uh, with these stories. But uh, is there any last stories you wanted to tell, Trav? Oh, man. Uh I want to go to that Friday when I fell down the stairs. <laughs> you went missing. No, no, no. Okay, okay, okay. This is a good two-parter. This is a good for all our listeners. And we'll, we'll leave it at this with our last story. So Travis and I, this is after we met up with, with Neely and Krusty, and, and we're surrounded by a bunch of other people. And a couple of the girls that we're in this large group we're walking with are like, well, we have to use the bathroom. So we're like, well, there's one in that hotel. So as a group, we all walk to this hotel. Somehow we all get sap- separated. Next thing you know... I'm with I'm with two people. They both get in a cab to go back to their hotel. They're like, well, you want to come have a drink? I'm like, well, where's your hotel? Oh, it's on the other side of the city. I'm like, well, mine's a block over that way. Your <laughs> phone was dead. My phone was dead. Somehow, we ended up completely separated. I had no idea where I was. So I just went back, and I'm like, well, if Travis isn't dead, he'll be back eventually. <laughs> so, uh, I, so I ended up shutting her down for the night, and that's where you nearly died. Wow. Sorry, I was swallowing a big... Uh, uh, jug of coffee there uh <laughs> what had happened was you got separated and i ended up uh, with crusty because we're two big guys we're like let's go yep. get some food and uh, <laughs> we found a place called the forum sports bar uh yep. we walk in there apparently when all the sports are done for the night there in vancouver the tv sink into the wall and it becomes a nightclub oh wow so, <laughs> so we were like uh can i get 
three beers, and the guy's like, you know, last call's 3 a.m., right? Uh, we'll stick with those three. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, uh, we end up having a good time. I end up falling down the stairs and absolutely crushing my ankle. And I didn't really feel it at the time, but after that, uh, we, we hit up a 24-hour noodle joint. We hit up a 24-hour Mexican joint. Then we hit up a 24-hour pizza joint. By the time we get back oh, wow. to the hotel, it's 5.30, and I wake up the next morning with one shoe on and a face full of noodles. <laughs> I remember that. And then, yeah, the noodles are all over our tiny little uh, hotel room we have, and, and your ankle was swollen up so badly. I'm sitting there, I'm like... You're like, dude, how bad is it? Should I go to the hospital? I'm like, no, it's great. Just walk it off. <laughs> oh, boy. And I don't know how, but you managed to struggle all the way through it. Yeah, we started taking cabs that were like, you know, like three blocks away. Well, people like- started giving us, like, cab drivers were looking at us like, what the hell is going on? You know, why are you guys taking a cab? That's literally right around the corner. Yeah, so you can't do it. Now, there are a couple anniversaries uh, this week on record day. It is the 25th anniversary of the Bombers' last Grey Cup, but it's also the 8th anniversary of uh, the last time the Riders, or when the Riders won it in 07. So we posed the question on Twitter, who will win uh, their respective championship next, Toronto Maple Leafs or the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I voted for the Maple Leafs, just for the record. (laughs) They've got they've got good management. They've got some prospects. They've got Mike Babcock in charge. I think in the next five to ten years, you see the Toronto Maple Leafs at least in a Cup final. And I know that it is a uh, nine-team league, but it's not easy to win the championship. The two teams in it now, uh, Edmonton hasn't won it in ten years. Ottawa, I know, has been gone, but they haven't won it since the seventies. Winnipeg, as we mentioned, twenty-five years. It's not wow. easy to win. So. Uh, <laughs> There's no better feeling than when your team, a team that you are so connected to because of your civic pride or whatever, wins that Grey Cup. So in 2013, when the Riders won, that was one of the coolest feelings in the world at home to be in the stands for that. I'll never forget driving up and down Albert Street. People were walking down the street, and all my hand was out the window, high-fiving everyone. The cops didn't care. I think I had tennis elbow the next day. (laughs) Well, I remember in 2007, and I went went to Toronto with my buddy Marv. And Marv Marv is older. I believe Marv was uh, near 50 at the time. And Marv, and we had booked the trip. We were going regardless who was in it, and we always joked how cool it would be to be riders and bombers. And I'll never forget... The look on his face when he realized, and he had seen the lean times, he had seen the telethon years, everything like that, for him to see a Grey Cup win live, it was just, he just, the look on his face, you're right, it's something that, that can't be matched. Again, last time my team won, I was four, so there's that, so I don't know that feel. Yeah, I was a month under two years old when the Riders won it in 89, and then I was 19 when they won it in 07. So I went (laughs) an entire childhood without the Bombers winning, much like you. I've got an entire childhood and most of an adulthood. (laughs) I'm going to have a get the angry elk ready. Okay. I'm going to have a fucking midlife crisis by the time they win another fucking great cup. There's a bunch of... Seriously, they're so... But hey, the Great Cup's still fun. Hey, the Great Cup's a great time. <laughs> okay, so we don't have any getting waxed with Brazilian tie uh, this week. I think he's a little too, uh, I think he's preoccupied. Well, I think he's preoccupied with actually, I, I texted him. He's actually in transit to Winnipeg right now. He started his trip, so uh, we won't have a getting waxed with the uh, Brazilian tie. So I guess... Uh, All that leaves us to really do is to make the picks here, right, Trav? Yep, let's do it. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. All right. Hey, wait, wait. Hey, uh, look at the inbox, the 2 and Out uh, CFL at uh, Gmail. Uh, We got a message here. Okay, let uh, let me check this. It's Andrew from the Eskimo Empire. Hey, what's that? Oh, it's got an audio file. Let's see. Andrew apparently has sent us an audio file entitled, 
Y asks, uh, I, you know what? Uh, maybe get the angry elk ready in case anything <laughs> happens, but, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, why don't we just, uh, why don't we throw this on here? Finally, the Esks have come back to the gray cup. The stage is set. The players are ready and the fans need to choose a side. In this corner, we have the Red Blacks. Cinderella team, great turnaround, MOP quarterback, D-block, four 1,000-yard receivers, but it doesn't matter what they have. I give you the mighty green and gold. Led by the mayor of Commonwealth, the mighty double E-D will bring the pain. They stop the run, they pressure the quarterback, and they intercept passes. Mike Riley leads the offense down the field with a guy that has more receiving yards than all but one Ottawa receiver after only 12 games. Walker, Bowman, Stafford, Kuhorn, Watson, the men that move the ball. And finally, we have the Snapping Wins Championships team where Sean White will continue to kick the living fire trucker out of the ball. This Sunday... The choice is easy. The roar will be heard. The empire will rise. And for the 14th time, the Grey Cup returns home. It's time to choose the Eskimos. (laughs) I tell you what, the mean gene, that had the most wrestling references per minute that I've ever heard in the podcast. Oh, wow. That was incredible. Thank you, Andrew, from the Edmonton Eskimo, uh, the Eskimo Empire podcast. Uh, <laughs> I got to say, I think my vote has just been, so we don't have anybody here representing the the Red Blacks other than, you know, the fact that Ty got waxed because of them. I, I, I think, uh, Trav, I think I got to go with the Eskimos. I am going Eskimos, too. Uh, does that mean we have to get a audio version of the fight song? And let, let's respect it. Let's not sing it. Let's actually play it. Uh, wait, 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 though. Here's the thing. Ever since we started singing the fight song, they've won every game. You're right. And ever since I've gotten season tickets, the Eskimos have been awesome. So does that mean we have to sing it one last time? I think it does. Okay, just a sec here. You ready? <laughs> a one, two, a one, two, three. We're cheering. Fight fight fight, 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 fight on Eskimos. Eskimos. We're, We're marching right, 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 right on Eskimos. We're charging down, down the field for all to see. And shouting, shouting rah, 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 fight, fight on victory. victory. We're, We're fighting on till every game is won. The green and gold is bold and when we're done, we'll tell the world we're proud of Edmonton. And the Edmonton Eskimos. Yeah. Eskies win. Now, John, I do want to ask you. I think I just passed out because I didn't breathe there. Uh... <laughs> I don't feel so good, Trav. All the oxygen left your brain. Whew. All right, I'm back. Okay, good. <laughs> I do want to ask you, have you been really listening to Henry Burris over the past four or five days? That sounds like a man who wants it. Uh, and when I listened to him after the East final, he it doesn't seem very smiling Hank to me. I don't know about you. He just basically... He was basically like uh, the Allens, the Rays, the Calvios haven't turned around a franchise like I have. They haven't, you know, uh, went to expansion teams like I have. And I found it really weird that he was calling them out by name. And I I know that a lot of people have doubted, doubted him. He was, you know... Asked to compete with Neil on Green in Saskatchewan. He lost yep. the job to Tate in Calgary. And then he lost the job to Zach Caleros in Hamilton, which now uh, I'm not really sure if we can argue with that one. But no. he's, he's had a lot of doubters throughout his career, and he looks like he's using that as motivation this week. Well, let's face it. Whenever anybody's talked about you know Henry Burris' potential Hall of Famer, they've always gone and said, well, you know, he's only got one ring. He's only got one ring. He's only got one ring. 
This is, to me, this is him coming out and saying, okay, Smiling Hank is gone. Let's get serious. Let's get business-like, and let's go win this damn thing, and let's shut up all the haters. Like, he just seems like a man. You're right. He's using the hate as motivation, and uh, it'd be a good story for him to win, but I just, when when it comes down to it, that Edmonton Eskimo defense has been... The absolute best in the CFL this year. And I mean, Andrew made the point of look at what Darrell Walker ha- has done so far this year in just 12 games. However, I will give Ottawa one advantage. Uh, Rick Campbell uh, definitely handled the sex before the game question way better than Chris Jones. Uh, like, you know what's coming. Come on, write something funny. Rick Campbell did that, but... You know what? I just Mike Riley has been so good. Thirty-one, thirty-nine in the West Final. Hey, let's roll the audio to that Rick uh, Rick Campbell. Yeah, let's let's answer. listen to this because this is good. This is classic. Well, it's my job to put guys in the best position to have success, whether that's on or off the field. So I guess I'm going to give advice more than uh, a policy, and this would probably apply to most of our players and coaches is that uh, and it mirrors our football team this year is that the odds aren't good and no one gave you much of a chance but if you pay attention to detail and you execute and you do it with zest and enthusiasm anything can happen <laughs> yeah so there is there is the one spot that that uh, the yeah. red blacks definitely have an advantage but i just think that eskimos defense has been among the absolute best in, in the league this year and uh, you know, it's going to be a cold. It's going to be a cold day in November in Winnipeg, and, and typically that's not where you're going to see. You know, uh, I don't think you're going to going to see a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of offense in, in the Grey Cup game. Well, let's split the game into three phases here. Now, I, I didn't think we were going to see a lot of offense in the West Final, but there were 76 points. <laughs> no, you're absolutely you're absolutely correct. No, I you're thought, right. I, I think the tiebreaker on CFL Pick'em, I, I ended up picking like, you know, 27 points or something like that, but uh, the, the, I didn't expect the offenses to show up like that. Uh, the special teams, I give the edge to Edmonton. Uh, Grant Shaw, Great punter. Sean White, great kicker. Kendall Lawrence, great returner. Ottawa's special teams is not what you want. Uh, they, they haven't really been able to click all season long. Even Chris Williams, who has uh, over 1,000 yards receiving this year, hasn't been able to get any sort of thing going uh, on his returns. And you're right. That, that shows right in the stats here, Trav. Punt return average throughout the regular season for Ottawa, just 6.3 yards per return. Edmonton was 10.2. Again, doesn't sound like a huge difference, but, I mean, Ottawa was last in the league, and that's usually indicative of, of you know, some poor special teams play. On kickoffs, both teams are kind of a wash, 19.8 uh, to 19.5. As far as actually putting... Putting the ball into the air, and I kind of mentioned this too with Chris Milo a little bit. Ottawa's last in the league in punting average. Edmonton wasn't much better, though. Uh, again, they were in seventh uh, kickoffs. Also, Edmonton ranking sixth, Ottawa seventh. So, to me, special teams is almost a bit of a wash. Maybe a slight edge to the Edmonton Eskimos just based on their return game. Uh, Sean White, though, I, I, I don't know how he was available when... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's when, oh, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you look... Um, the number of, like, Sean White since he took over, Edmonton uh, kicked 50 field goal attempts, which is the most in the CFL. They were 90%, but also Ottawa kicked 48 and was 87.5. So we're talking maybe a kick or two that yeah. was missed. You know, the real stat I always like to look at is the one-point convert misses throughout the year. Ottawa missed five, Edmonton missed four. So, again, it's just everything's so tight. I think yeah. Chris Milo is a great field goal kicker, and so is Sean White. And you're right. I wonder, like, how the heck was that guy available? You're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think the mistakes were made when he was released by the Montreal Alouettes. On the defensive side of things, uh, I do give the uh, edge to... Uh, um I, I give the edge to Edmonton here as well. Uh, there was a piece... Uh, done by Arash Madani and uh, Travis Lule earlier today, and they were talking about the philosophy of the the Red Blacks defense, and they like to play a lot of man to man. They actually don't mind rushing five guys, uh, you know, on first down to try and force you into a second and long situation. But that Edmonton defense, uh, and now. Maybe I bet you Rick Campbell is studying. You know what Calgary did to them. Now I know they had a thirty-point lead, so things are a little bit different yeah. when it comes to that. But there's one player I want to 
really point out uh, on the Ottawa side of things, Jarrell Gavins could play this weekend, Mm -hmm. but he made the decision that he doesn't feel like he would be as good on the field as Forrest Hightower, so he is voluntarily basically sitting out of the game for Hightower to go in at 100% and help his team out, and I think that is the ultimate team move anybody can do. Oh, for sure, when you know you're not going to have it. But again, we talk about defense. We talk about how good Edmonton's defense has been. I'm going to throw some numbers at you. I'm going to, okay, we're going to play a little game here. I'm going to okay. throw some categories at you, and you tell me who has more, Edmonton or Ottawa. First okay, off, and I'm, I'm going blind here. So Okay, you're going blind. I have right now the CFL stat sheet ahead, ahead of me. This is, again, regular season. So regular season, who had more sacks, Ottawa or Edmonton? I'm going to go Ottawa. Ottawa had 62, Edmonton had 49. Who was better com- uh, as far as co- uh, opposition completion percentage? Who completed more passes? Uh, I guess who who prevented more passes? Was it Ottawa or Edmonton? I'm going to go Edmonton. It was Ottawa. Ottawa held their uh, these they were the second highest team in the league. Teams only passed 61.4 on them. Edmonton 61.9. Passing yards allowed. Average per game, Ottawa or Edmonton? Uh, Edmonton leads there. Edmonton leads there. Edmonton also leads first downs. Rushing yards against, Ottawa, Edmonton. Who leads? Edmonton. It's Ottawa. <laughs> Edmonton is two in that it right there. Right. Um, so, again, I, we talk about how good the defense was, and we're starting to get things a little closer. Total yards against, Ottawa or Edmonton? Who's lower? Edmonton. Ottawa. I, I guess reg- I should have. In, in the regular season, Ottawa gave up 297.6 yards per game. Edmonton, 303.1. Again, very close. Yeah, Points vi- of, now, here's here's the only one where there's a huge spread between the two. Edmonton was first in points against per game, 18.9. Ottawa was fifth at 25.2. So, it, it, defensively, the numbers from the regular season – Stack up a little bit closer than you would think. I'm still going to give the edge to the Edmonton Eskimos because, to me, I see this Edmonton team, I see them as a bend but don't break, and that's reflected in their points per game average. Interesting how how that works because, uh, you know, I, I would rather give up less points and more yards, so uh, that that's that that's crazy how that works. Now, on the offensive side of things, this is interesting because, and I, I know William Powell has emerged as the running back in Ottawa, but neither team really has an overwhelming running game, I feel, as uh, the weather gets colder and obviously we're in Winnipeg. But the funny thing is, Travis, you look at, again, regular season numbers, Edmonton was third in the league as a team. 105.4 yards per game rushing. Ottawa was fifth, 85.3. So Edmonton runs for almost 20 yards per game more than the Ottawa Red Blacks. Again, the thing that we don't factor in when we talk Eskimos offense is we don't really think of the rushing attack of Mike Riley. Right, yeah. However, passing yards, Edmonton, 273.6 per game. Ottawa, 322.6. Almost 50 yards, so there's the difference there. So there's your difference. Uh, you're absolutely right. Total offense. So not only are we talking the one and two, one and three teams defensively, we're also the one and two teams offensively. Ottawa number one in the league. Total offense of three eighty six point three a game. Edmonton is number two, three fifty nine point six. Total points scored. Edmonton is third. Ottawa is fourth. So for the people thinking that this is going to be a blowout. I'm not so sure. The numbers would say otherwise, and I would also argue that the records would say otherwise. Look at the East Division. The East Division, to me, top to bottom, was a little bit better than the West Division this year. You had teams that were able to just tee off on the Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and, to a lesser extent, the BC Lions. Meanwhile, I think the East was a lot closer. Toronto was decent. Hamilton was great until Caleros went down. Ottawa is in the Grey Cup game, so they're good. And even Montreal had had their moments of, of, of brilliance. So anybody that thinks this is going to be a West walk, I think you're I think you're solely mistaken. I am, you know, as we look deeper into it, I am still keeping my pick as the Edmonton Eskimos. But I just think I think Sunday's going to be a hell of a football game. Yeah, and when you look at things, you have to think that Edmonton to win ten in a row. That's 
<laughs> That's improbable. Highly imp- At some point, somebody's going to slip up, up, but you know what? This team has been built for this year, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I'm not ruling Ottawa out by, by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, this is Sunday's going to be good. Yeah, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited uh, for Sunday. I'll be at a lot of Grey Cup events. I know you wish you could be there. So basically the itinerary here is I'm going to land in Winnipeg uh, 1130 on Thursday morning. We're kind of going to go to the hotel. And then uh, Ty's actually getting waxed at 4 o'clock. So, <laughs> <laughs> so make sure 4 o'clock Winnipeg time that yes. you, you are on our various, um, I, I guess, our various channels. I mean, we're, we're broadcasting this on Periscope, and we're also going to have it on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Snapchat's new. Yeah, we're going to have all of that. So if you want to see a, a young man get waxed, uh, we will definitely have our avenues for that. Yeah, so we're going to do that. And then um, that night, and now I, I did send out a tweet earlier saying that... <laughs> I think every single person on the two and out Twitter account is going to be at the Spirit of Edmonton. Man, so, who can blame them? It's awesome. <laughs> it's it's going to be a great way to open up the festival uh, at the Spirit of Edmonton. So we will see see you there. I'll be the one wearing green. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're not the only one. See, this is this is why you need like like my Ryan Dinwiddie jersey to make myself easily findable at, at, at CFL events. Yeah. You almost need just an obscure rider jersey. You need like a Matt Vonk jersey or something to to wear and uh, so people can find you. I'm gonna wear a Scott Schultz jersey. I haven't seen any uh, any of those, but I have a Scott Schultz black rider jersey. That, so look uh... look for that on Friday night. And Friday, it's going to be really cool. Now, I'm sure we'll talk about it next week and kind of like the season wrap-up, but uh, the fan state of the league, the first one with uh, the commissioner, Jeffrey Orridge, and then we have uh, the reception for the Grey Cup Club. Uh, We're going to go check that out. And then uh, Friday, probably Spirit of Edmonton. (laughs) And then uh, Saturday, actually, I got passes to go see uh, the Eskimos practice at uh, Investors Group Field. So I'm going to check that out. Uh, and then, of course, we have the CFL fans fight cancer at Garbanzo's Pizza Pub. Uh, that is 11 to 2. Hope to see you there. And then we're going to Loverboy uh, Saturday night and, of course, game day on Sunday. So we're pretty packed. Uh, hopefully to see you out there. If you see me, uh, come yank on my beard and slap me or something. And, uh... <laughs> we're also, I think, next year. We're starting a season-long GoFundMe page called I like Send this. Fraser and Curry to the Grey Cup. I like this a lot. And, and you know what? We'll even sell naming rights to the 2 and out CFL pod. You know what? We're going to have some stuff <laughs> I'm going to work on from the business side while I'm not there and I'm angry, you know, and, and we'll work on this to moving forward in the next year. So we might have a different name? Uh, well, if we're presented by somebody. Or we could be like the Two and Out podcast from the Tim Horton studio. Exactly, exactly. Or okay. the Two and Out podcast presented by Tim Bits. I like this. So we, we work on selling this. That gives us the money to send us the Great Cup next year. You know, we're going we're, we're gonna, to start, let's start selling the pod now. Yeah, we'll be at BMO. So, uh, <laughs> That's right. I, I'm not really good at selling. So uh, if you want to buy, uh, send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can talk to me because I'm actually good at selling. <laughs> I can't wait uh, for the Grey Cup. Uh, hopefully you got this maybe on your iPod, your iPhone, uh, what have you, as you're flying to Winnipeg or wishing you were flying to Winnipeg. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, I guess go Eskimos. That's who I am cheering for. Have yourself a good Grey Cup week. We will talk to you next week after the game. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Two and out CFL. Happy Grey Cup week.